Oh, jeez. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, please. Gong Sin Lai. Gong, do not mean this dramatic clickbait title, okay? Gong Tung Ma Min Yu. I love you. <laughs> Last night, my mom asked me. She's like, Gong, what's your, what's your next podcast going to be about? <laughs> Little does she know. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to tell you guys why I named this episode, I have bad parents. <laughs> That's a pretty bold claim, right? And do I mean it? Absolutely not. <laughs> so for this entire summer, I've been trying to unpack myself, my memories, and overall this major dilemma that fuels my everyday life, right? And most children of foreign immigrant parents will be able to understand this. So my parents migrated to America when they were 23 and 17. They had to teach themselves English and acclimate to American culture all on their own and build a foundation for a family. And coming from the farmlands of Vietnam to being able to send their two daughters to an all-girls private school with Ohio's wealthiest families literally seems impossible. But... They have been working away at the feet of white women in order to give my sister and I this life. Oh, also, um, I just looked up the tuition, the updated tuition for my high school, and it was $28,000 a year for high school? What? <laughs> so the levels of sacrifice and hard work are literally indescribable. My parents have given me the foundation that they were robbed of from their own childhoods, so why am I making this huge claim that they are bad parents? Um, one, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a troll and I needed a crazy title. <laughs> but two, there's a reason why mental health has been an extreme high for teenage Asian Americans, as well as Suicide being the leading cause of death for Asians between the ages of 15 to 24. And the reason comes down to the traditional Confucius or just foreign teachings of parenting. Um, it's the idea that because our parents have sacrificed so much for this opportunity, that they have the rights to reinforce fear in order to shape their children into academic machines. I will say this though, I understand why my parents and a majority of foreign parents feed into this parenting style. Because that's how they were brought up and because it has been proven to work in a lot of high achieving people. But, but, is being so high achieving academically so rewarding when a majority of these students are fighting an entire host of psychological trauma? Should I love my parents unconditionally, mold myself into the daughter that my parents want and sacrifice my own happiness, especially since they've sacrificed so much for me? Is this Asian culture the way of life and should I just accept it? Is it unfair for me to bring my westernized values to my family? So I've realized this summer that the answer is no and here are my five reasons why okay but first if i were to rename this i'd call this episode 
My parents are doing the absolute best that they can given their upbringing, but here's what I've taken from their parenting skills and my own trauma, and these are the five ways I will parent my own kids differently. Alright, so here's one. My parents subconsciously only celebrate my accomplishments. Why is this a problem? Because this has taught me that the most and only valuable aspects of my life and character were my academic successes. I remember Alex asked me this question, what do you think were the most defining moments of your life? And because of all of the efforts that I've made to celebrate my character this past year, I answered with this. One moment was when I practiced and learned about meditation for the first time three summers ago. Another was when I started taking writing seriously in high school with college essays, competitions, and scholarships. Another was COVID quarantine lockdown last summer, where I really had the opportunity to strengthen my relationship with my mommy. And finally, I'd say refining and working on my distinct voice through this podcast. Uh, I think I am a fair writer, but I do struggle with trying to articulate my feelings and ideas, so I'd say that this podcast was a major step for me. So, this answer is pretty major for me because it's a huge step in the way that I no longer identify myself as a pre-med OSU scholar who has paid off her tuition on her own and has done work with well like you know what I'm saying you get it I really appreciate my character now what I'm trying to say is my character no longer aligns with my accomplishments okay let me give you an example of how this applies in my everyday life so I still find myself doing this but when my parents walk into the living room, or if I hear their car pull up to the driveway, um, it makes me incredibly anxious. I subconsciously turn off my phone and immediately pretend to look productive for their sake. I remember when I was young, I would immediately just turn off the TV, run to my desk, and stop relaxing. And as a result, I developed a lot of trauma from this. I'm still trying to unlearn that idea that they unknowingly planted into my subconscious that resting is lazy and laziness is disrespectful and I can only gain their praise and goodness with hard work. I remember a few weekends ago on a Sunday, which is our family day, my dad critiqued me. He said, Tiff, you need to do this for me. It's summer and every time I see you, you're just doing nonsense and I know this is a shared experience that a lot of Asian Americans have with their immigrant parents. I remember just being obedient and agreeing with him to make him happy but inside bruh I was raging. I don't like getting into my work and efforts but I consider myself an extremely hard worker and when I'm not studying and trying to relax, my mind goes on autopilot and I am still brainstorming ideas of work to do, right? I understand where my dad's mind is at though. Um, they're just thinking, mm-hmm, it must be so, so nice to be able to sit and rest for a few minutes of the day when 
I'm an adult and I have to think about my upcoming business and you you get the idea. So I appreciate the discipline that they instilled within me. It has taught me motivation and orderly character that is extremely helpful when navigating any academic or life projects that I take on. But I have been trying to unlearn the importance of hard work. I think not being productive, if you have this anxious habit of constantly working, is just as crucial, if not more. I want to teach my kids that their worth is not intersected with their productivity, but into their character. Yay! Okay, number two. There is no accountability within my parents, alright? <laughs> you know the idea that Asian parents never express their love through words rather than through actions? My parents were extremely affectionate, but they never expressed or took accountability for their mistakes. I don't think I've ever had <laughs> my parents apologize to me once. <laughs> and this goes to the traditional hierarchical idea that the adults in your life hold more value than you, so they are never justified to be vulnerable and admit their mistakes to a person that is below them or younger than them. I'd say that this makes a lot of people irrational, and irrational people become highly emotional when challenged about their emotional roots and their decisions. They are incapable of introspection and learning, and they believe that their mistakes make them increasingly defensive. What I'm learning about this lesson is that I understand the level of respect that my parents have tried to instill within our family. However, I think this Confucius teaching builds more resentment than respect. I want to be able to teach my kids about accountability and self-growth because self-growth does not end when you become a parent and beyond. Kids, my babies, hold me accountable, but do it respectfully, please. I'm still sensitive, <laughs> but I am extremely open to communicating. Oh, 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 I also realized this. I've realized that a large percent of people lack communication skills, even our parents. I was talking to Harrison about this, um, but especially our parents. Can we just start teaching everyone how awesome and healthy it is to communicate? No matter how difficult the situation is, please. <laughs> All right, number three, the extent of our conversation on their end would only be limited to school and future careers. Only these last few years did I finally find the courage to feel content talking about what fuels me beyond my academics. So when I have kids, I am so, so excited to encourage real vulnerable conversations amongst my kids and their friends. I want to ask about their feelings, relationships, hopes, and dreams so that they don't lose their inner voice. I see a lot of my friends. We're in college and we are trying to regain this inner voice and self-content now as we're stepping into our adulthood. 
I don't even want to lose hope, but I am excited to establish an environment that allows our kids to believe that they do not have to carry life alone. I've been on a huge kick this summer of understanding human empathy and I am so, so keen to start these conversations with my kids as young as possible. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I want my kids to stay curious and question everything. I want to teach my kids to not be embarrassed by their emotions and to help them recognize how being so connected with ourselves will fuel every aspect of their lives. I don't want to apply more academic pressures into my kids but I feel like it'll be their responsibility to be critics of our own culture and society instead of blind followers and consumers. That's what's most important to me. I had to learn about health inequities and microaggressions and the overall violence of people of color all on my own. I've never had these raw conversations with my family, but now that I have a lot of materials and experience that my parents were never given, especially through my education, I am so, so, so excited and grateful to retell and teach my kids about the pain that fuels our world. Nice. Okay, number four, I just mentioned this, but my parents underexpose me to the world. And I completely understand why. You both sacrifice both of your worlds for your two babies and their budding journeys into a country that has a completely different atmosphere and culture. I completely understand. It's scary and it's justified that they wanted to give and do everything to make sure that I never experienced anything that could have hurt me. For example, <laughs> not allowing me to have a boyfriend for all of my high school and middle school life. However, knowing this, I think pain and experiencing so many new emotions is what connects us and builds empathy between our raw connections as people. I don't want a perfect sheltered life! My favorite author, Glennon Doyle, says, Being human isn't about being happy, it's about feeling everything. Whoa! Another example that I realized was that my parents also never let my sister and I have sleepovers, but they never explained why. I know you're probably like, what the fuck? You didn't get to have sleepovers? Your childhood was robbed. And it was incredibly frustrating as a kid, but I wish that they explained to me that they didn't let us have sleepovers because nearly one out of every five women have been sexually assaulted. So, the connection behind leaving your 8-year-old daughters at a sleepover in a house with older boy siblings and a father was terrifying. I had to come to this realization at my own rate. I asked my mom recently why she never explained this rationality to me when I was younger, and she said, I wouldn't understand until I became a mother. This might be controversial, but... As a kid, I really, really would have wanted to learn and be exposed to this hard truth rather than having sexual assault a taboo in my house. <laughs> Another example? <laughs> I was rarely allowed to go out with my friends. <laughs> 
Have you guys heard of that tweet where it's like, <laughs> Yo, bro, I'm sorry I can't hang out because I already had fun yesterday. <laughs> that is exactly how my mind functions, even today. <laughs> so growing up, I've always been scared of leaving my house because my parents put this invisible hold on me. I know it wasn't that they didn't want me to have fun and be a kid because my parents definitely became more lenient these last few years. But bruh, I have been a full adult for two years now. <laughs> um, my parents associated being a good, respectful daughter with being happy at home and spending my free time with my family. But what happens when your family is constantly examining all five of these icks that I am speaking on right now? <laughs> so I'm also living back at home this summer and I still find myself extremely anxious when I go out. On the rare occasions that I do go out, I always come home and am guilt-tripped for coming home late. I don't know how to fix this within my parents. I've tried to communicate this maturely as I'm fully an adult now, but this is one of the main points that I'm excited to parent my future children differently. Okay, lastly, Five, so I feel like our parents are our built-in cheerleaders, but I often felt let down growing up. I felt that they doubted and second-guessed my dreams, and I don't mean academic or career dreams, I mean my creative projects. When I, when I made a Redbubble account, when I experimented with writing, when I fell in love with reading, fashion, Buddhism, self-awareness, growth, and beyond. Despite all the resentment I felt towards my parents, I still longed for their approval. So this goes back to my previous point. Um, if the conversation wasn't about anything academic, the passion and excitement was not there from my parents. I felt like I was always reaching for their attention. I've been implementing these conversations about my passions with my parents, and their reactions are oftentimes underwhelming. But what I've learned from this is how ready I am to be my kids' number one fan! Despite not having the nurturing, perfect childhood I always longed for, I believe that the miracle of grace is that you can give what you have never gotten. I really believe in the idea that I am always guided by whoever that may be, Buddha, the universe, myself? I don't know, but shout out to that idea because it has given me so much contentment on everything that I've experienced in my childhood and overall life so far. This all just comes back to my longing of having self-awareness and reflection. It's a skill that most people are striving to gain, but have not accomplished fully. So by having these characteristics, you prevent yourself from making decisions that you will come to regret. Maybe my parents will regret their Confucius teachings in the future. Maybe not. Either way, I wouldn't change anything about my upbringing. As a child of immigrant parents, I had to grow up so quickly. There's a lot of additional responsibilities that I didn't mention in this podcast 
they had to handle as soon as I was learning English in elementary school. Yeah, apparently Vietnamese was my first language. <laughs> but I still write out every text message or every formal email for my parents. Um, I continue being their translator in medical appointments or in regular conversation. Also, I vividly remember helping out in their newly established nail salon businesses with the aesthetics and finances too, and a lot more um, in elementary school and beyond. Remember on Twitter, <laughs> it was like that viral tweet of that little elementary school girl working as a cashier in an Asian restaurant? That was me! That was me, but make it a nail salon! I remember navigating all of my schooling, my high school essays and projects, my college applications, research and hospital volunteering opportunities all alone. I had always envied my friends who had parents with a higher education, someone that clearly paved someone that clearly paved a path for them. Though being responsible for these major tasks at such a young age has made me resent my parents. I didn't include this as a point as to why my parents are bad parents. I realize how terrifying it is to navigate through unknown territory alone, especially under ridiculous circumstances and raising two children. Despite the racism, classism, sexism, and beyond, I think my mom and dad did an amazing job raising Taylor and I. So I owe a deep gratitude to my parents, not only for my own development, but to realize the depths and sacrifices that it takes to have an amazing father and especially a groundbreaking mother. So I will definitely do another episode on the thousands of reasons why my parents are the best parents too. And with that, I'd like to announce that I am pregnant and am excited to implement all five of these points within my own child. Psych <laughs> <like>, nah. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please, mommy, mommy, Gong is just kidding. Oh my god. Okay. Thank you so, so much for being here with me and for listening. Thank you so, so much. Mwah. Okay, bye bye.